0: Welcome to the Running Explained podcast. I'm Elizabeth, a marathoner, running coach, and answer seeker. When I became a new runner at the age of 29, I had so many questions, but I had no idea where to go for answers. So with Running Explained, I'm here to answer all your running questions to help make you a better, smarter, faster runner. There's no question too simple and no topic too complex. So let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to a weekly themed Q&A episode of the Running Explained podcast. I am Elizabeth. This week's theme is recovery. We're talking all about recovery, answering questions specifically about recovery. So first, let's start off by just kind of explaining what we mean when we talk about recovery. And a question I got about this is, what's the difference between a rest day and a recovery day? Ah, so... (laughs) All rest days are recovery days, but not all recovery days are rest days. It's like the square versus, you know, parallelogram thing. Uh, <laughs> recovery in general, when we talk about recovery, recovery is a process by which your body repairs, rebuilds, learns, and gets stronger after we stress it with our training. So, We have what's called a response to the stimulus of the stress of training. So every time we go for a training run, easy run, workout, long run, strength session, mobility session. um, Every time that we engage in training, we are teaching our body something. We are causing micro damage that our body needs to repair from. So the recovery process is all about Repairing the actual damage that's done. And it's completely normal. (laughs) It's just, it's part of training you rebuild and become stronger. So. Um, repairing your, you know, make damage to your muscles, it to your bones, uh, you know, helping your ligaments and your tendons get stronger. It also helps teach your body how to do things more efficiently, right? So if we're training our bodies to be more efficient at aerobic respiration or training our bodies to be more efficient at lactate clearance, or to be more efficient at using oxygen near a VO2 max threshold, or just the neuromuscular connection between our muscles and our brain of what it's like to run, run fast, that sort of thing. So there are many ways that our body recovers from what we do with training, but that's the point It's the process by which your body after your training is over recovers from what happened. And like I said, that can be a bunch of different things that are happening. So part of what recovery entails is a period that you aren't uh, stimulating the body. You aren't stressing the body. Recovery by default means that it is a period separate from your training. So we're talking about just between a rest day and a recovery day that involves active recovery in a minute, but broadly know that for every time that you stress your body with training, you are going to need to have a period of recovery afterwards that is solidifies your training, right? So you can't You can't just train without letting your body recover. You need the recovery because that's actually where the benefit of training comes from. It's really, really, really important that you allow your body to recover from the training that you do because that's how you get stronger, faster, and fitter. Now... (laughs) Running can be complicated sometimes because most people who are training for something serious run on most days. And you say, well, if I'm running every day, when do I recover? So you recover in the periods between your runs and then depending on your training load, you may have actual rest or recovery days in your week as well. It's different for every person. I'm going to answer a question about this later. So there is no magic number, but in general, you want to have for most people, a day between each hard effort, or if you have a hard day, like you have a interval workout in the morning, you do strength training at night, that next day would always be an easier day, a rest day, or an active recovery day, that sort of thing. So... What's the difference between a rest day and a recovery day? Well, a rest day by definition is a day in which you're recovering. But when we talk about recovery days, we're usually talking about days that are super, super low intensity, active, something or other. So a rest day is just that it is rest. You don't specifically do anything that is training oriented. A recovery day by comparison is a day in which you do intentionally engage in some sort of low intensity physical activity with the goal of helping your body recover. And one of the reasons that a recovery day is so low intensity, like you take your easy run effort and you dial it even down, like way down. There are, for some people, they will not be able to have a recovery run day because they don't have a zone in which they can still run while being in that low effort intensity zone. They may need to stick with walking, but a recovery day can be something like walking or any sort of other low intensity physical activity, like a really gentle yoga flow or low intensity biking or swimming. Or if you are able to stay in a very, very, very low effort zone for some people, they can go on recovery runs, which are, super gentle, usually short. We're not, you don't go on like a, a two hour recovery activity for most people. It's a, it's a shorter activity. The goal of the active recovery is to help bring fresh blood, blood flow, nutrients, oxygen, things that your body needs to bring fresh blood flow to the areas that were damaged by the activity that you did in your training. So Recovery days, active recovery days, whether it's a recovery run or just any act recovery activity, are really beneficial after hard days. Being able to move your body after a hard effort, the day after, at that low intensity effort, the fresh blood is going to go to all the places that need that extra nutrients, care, attention flush out the metabolic waste products that are accumulating as a result of the damage. And it's basically just like helping clear the air. If you will, it's, it's, um, cleaning up the day after a party, right? Like you had a party the day before and your recovery activity is helping clean up the living room after that party has ended. So that's the difference between a rest and a recovery day. And The question then is how many recovery days should I have per week for optimal training? And this is when I said, this really depends on the person. This depends on your experience, your history, your current training load. What else is going on in your life? In general, I like to see people run more days per week than not. So that would be four days per week, kind of at minimum, you know, if you're really, if you're running for something that you're trying to train for. That's pretty serious. I like more days are generally better. Not every day needs to be super intense, of course, but more days than less. So four days of running, five days of running. Most people end up having between one and three rest and or recovery days per week. And like I said, it completely depends on your history, your training load, what you are capable of, how intense your training is, you know. You might be at a phase of your life where you have been running for several years and have built up the volume and endurance such that you are able to run six or seven days a week. But of course, a couple of those days are recovery runs, super low intensity running. Conversely, you might be at a point where you're training four days a week and you just need those three days in the week. Those you genuinely need to be either rest days or very, very gentle, active recovery days in order to support the training that you have. So there is no magic formula. It really does depend. But in general, I do, I do like to see people run more days per week than not. Keeping in mind the balance that you need to recover from the training that you're doing, because you can only train as hard as you can recover. If you cannot recover from the training that you're doing, you are wasting your hard effort of training. And I've recently posted about the spectrum of when fatigue goes into overtraining territory and it takes a while, but the difference between being able to handle regular cumulative fatigue and dipping into the non-functional overreaching or overtraining territory is that difference of if you can recover or not. So if you can only train as hard as you can recover. And it's not just about the training load, it's about the load of the rest of the stuff you have going on in your life too, right? So if you are going through an exceptionally intense training block and you are also going through an exceptionally difficult period of your life for whatever reason, that might require more recovery than you're capable of giving. So something would basically have to give, right? And I find it harder to let go of life stuff than training stuff, right? If you have a lot going on in your life, you may not be able to train as hard as you want to, because you need so much additional recovery. Now that's not always the case. Everybody is different. It's all based on what your balance is, but the most important thing for you to remember is if you're going to train hard, you also need to make sure that recovery is a similar or even greater priority than getting your training in. So what is recovery? What are the best recovery tools? You know, other than having those rest or active recovery days, what does recovery look like? What can I buy? What can I do? How should I prioritize recovery? Your number one, 100% guaranteed to work recovery tool is sleep. If you are not getting enough sleep, you are not recovering to your full stability. Sleep is your number one recovery tool, before you go buy any special product, before you go purchase a supplement or buy a machine that purports to help you with your recovery, if you're not getting enough sleep, nothing else will make up for that. There is an unbelievable magic to what sleep does. So part of how our body recovers, grows, repairs, does all the stuff it needs to do is it uses something called human growth hormone which is a naturally occurring, naturally released hormone in our bodies. It releases hugely (laughs) during puberty. Uh, You can take it on the black market, please don't, but human growth hormone is released in all of us uh, on a daily basis, the majority of which is released when we sleep. Something like 75% of the human growth hormone that's secreted in our bodies each 24-hour period happens when we are sleeping. So if you're not sleeping enough or if you're sleeping poorly, you are not getting enough of that human growth hormone. You're not, your body is not getting enough of the signals that it needs internally that allow it to do those repair recovery, rebuilding activities on a cellular level. So that's really, really, really important. Sleep is your number one recovery tool. And look, I get it. Sleep is a priority. I think one of the things that the pandemic has laid clear for us is how much time that we spend doing things that cut into our sleep time, like, you know, having to get up early to get a commute or the commute home or all the things. So hopefully I would, I would hope in the past year, maybe you've gotten more sleep than you were used to and have understood the benefits of what it's like to get enough sleep. If you're having trouble getting enough sleep, that's definitely worth exploring. Like, sleep disorders are real and they're scary, and they mess with a bunch of other things, not just your ability to recover from your training, but your functioning as a as a person, your the rest of your hormones, how your brain works, um, how you process your emotions, how your memory functions, all this type of stuff. So, not getting enough sleep is really bad for you. And if you're an athlete, if you're training for something that requires you to run a lot, you definitely want to get as much sleep as you possibly can and quality sleep too. So again, if you, you do what you need to do to go to sleep, but being able to sleep, and I, I hate to like qualify it like this, but there is a difference between being asleep and being unconscious. <laughs> so if you are finding that in order to quote unquote fall asleep, you will need to take something that makes you unconscious instead, like alcohol or certain drugs, that's not gonna be the same quality of sleep that you would get if you were not doing that. So if if you are struggling with sleeping without serious chemical intervention, again, it's probably worth speaking to a professional about. So number one tool, sleep. Get it, love it, make sleep your priority. Your second most important recovery tool is your nutrition your nutrition and your hydration, you cannot rebuild a building without enough materials. So your nutrition, the things that you eat, your macronutrients, your fats, proteins, and carbohydrates are the things that are going to help your body rebuild and build stronger than before. If you do not have enough bricks, you cannot rebuild and build higher. So make sure that you are eating enough food to support your training. And for some people, it, they may be surprised at how much food they need to eat to support their training. It's probably more food than you realize. It's probably more food than you may have eaten before. If you are trying to train to optimal performance, you cannot eat in a caloric deficit. If you are in a phase of your life where you are actively trying to lose weight and you are still trying to run, it's fine to run a very slight calorie deficit. I would encourage you to work with a dietitian if you're trying to do that. But if you are training for a half marathon or really any race distance, 10, 5, 10 K half marathon, full marathon, if you are in a training cycle where you are actively training to run a PR or finish well at your next race of that distance. You will not be able to train to peak performance if you are also running a calorie deficit because you just can't rebuild something if you don't have enough building materials. And nutrition, that's your building material. So making sure that you're getting adequate nutrition and especially Protein, I know there's a a lot of talk about yes, you have good fats and yes, your body runs on carbs, but protein is really, really, really important when it comes to the repair, rebuilding and recovery process. Your body cannot make protein. It's something that you need to eat in order to get more of. If your body gets into a really tight bind and with uh, being in a caloric deficit, it starts to cannibalize its own stores of things. So, we might think it's a good thing if it's cannibalizing our fat stores, right? Like, oh yeah, go on, bur- body, burn all the fat that you need. But your body will also dip into things like your muscle tissue in your legs, in your smooth muscle tissue in your heart. You know, as soon as you get into an area where your body is eating itself for fuel, you are in major 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 trouble. So, Avoid any issues like that. Make sure that you are eating enough food and staying hydrated, especially as the temperatures rise, you will be surprised at how easy it is to get dehydrated. And if you finish a run on a warm day and like have a, head- a headache, the rest of the day, that's dehydration. Dehydration is subtle, but pernicious. Staying hydrated is an all-day game. So don't just drink water before, during, or after your run. Make sure you're staying hydrated the rest of the day. Yes, you don't have to just drink water. You can drink other fluids. I know people say like, oh, coffee is dehydrating because the caffeine is a diuretic. Well, it's better than nothing. You know, I would urge you to drink more than just coffee if you're going to really try to stay on top of your hydration. But it's perfectly fine to drink any fluid beverage for the most part, you know, try to probably stay away from those super sugary things. But if you drink seltzer or flavored water or whatever it is, you know, hydration is just any liquid, basically making sure that you're staying on top of your hydration. So when I was in college, I was in an acapella group. And one of the things we like to say is pee clear, sing clear, to make sure that you're hydrated. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating that you should always pee perfectly clear liquid, because that can be a signal that you're actually overhydrated, which can also be very dangerous. But if your pee is continually a very concentrated dark color, that can be a signal of dehydration. And the kind of the one caveat to this is if you actively take a B vitamin or B vitamin complex as a supplement, you may notice that your pee is like highlighter yellow. So you can't always rely on your pee to tell you if you're hydrated or not, but in general, it will give you a signal of if you're drinking enough water or not. So sleep, nutrition, hydration, those are your best recovery tools. And then what? what, what else, what else can we do to help our recovery? And this is where it gets into kind of the fun stuff, right? The, uh, the stuff that gets personal preference and the stuff that we tend to argue the most about, not necessarily always understanding that they're really just incidental things. So this is stuff like, um, you know, uh, compression gear and percussion massagers and foam rolling and getting massages and, um, cryotherapy and like all those types of things. Right? So, these are the incidentals. Will they make a difference? Yeah, probably. If you do them, they will probably help you. Whatever combination of of things that you want to engage with in your recovery. Compression is really good because it helps what's called venous return, which is when the blood returns after it's been delivered to your muscles. So you remember you kind of have an out and then it's a circulatory system your blood goes out and then after it's delivered just oxygen, it goes back to your heart. Venous return is when the blood is on its way back to your heart. The compression, the increased pressure can actually uh, speed the venous return. So it, it basically, it helps your blood not like flush out your system faster. It can help with recovery, long story short. I just did a post about this as well. So uh, compression can be helpful for recovery. Foam rollers can be great for recovery. They help, uh, again, bring blood to areas where you may have muscle or fascia adhesions. And that can also kind of unstick the sticky bits. So foam rolling can be really great. Uh, Getting sports massages, professional massages, that can be also a really good tool. A percussion massager does a similar thing as a foam roller does. Again, kind of breaks up those areas of adhesion muscles or fascia and gets, make sure that blood gets to them. But all of these things, like I said, are incidental. Like you cannot percussion massage your way out of the fact that you are not sleeping enough and not eating enough. So all these other little things are good to have. Yes, they are helpful, but not nearly as helpful as sleeping, eating, and drinking enough liquids will be for your overall recovery. So to kind of recap, where we're going with the principles of good recovery is one: make sure that you are have a uh, a balanced training and recovery load in what you are trying to do. Especially as you're going for bigger and bigger goals, you're probably running more. The intensity is probably increasing. You might need more sleep. Than you did at the beginning. So let's say you're halfway through a marathon training program and you used to be sleeping eight hours a night and you're still sleeping eight hours a night now, but you just, it's not like you feel kind of groggy and you don't think you're recovering quite as fast as you were before. You might need to sleep more. You might need to bump up to nine hours per night. I think there is a rule of thumb that for every additional hour of training per week, you're supposed to add X number of minutes per sleep of sleep per night, but I mean, the general rule of thumb is that sometimes you just need more sleep. So the more that you train, you have to also realize you might need more sleep. What about if you have to wake up really early in the morning to get your run in? Should you cut short on sleep for that? Oh, I'd hate to say that you should because sleep's so important, but understand how busy we all are. If you find that you are having to cut your sleep so short to get up for your runs, like let's say that you are going to bed at midnight and you have to get up at 4.30 to get your run in, like, "Mm, can you go to bed earlier? (laughs) Do you really have to go to bed at midnight? Can you go to bed at like nine instead? Um, You know, get get some sleep on the back end, go to sleep earlier, institute an early family sleep night, whatever it is. But sleep's sleep so important that it, it is worth rearranging your schedule for short periods of time. That's part of why marathon training, half marathon training is so intense is that it does require a huge investment in your time, not just from the running, but from the rest of the stuff you need to do to support it too. So yes, balancing your training and recovery load based on your history, experience, and current ability making sure that you're getting enough sleep and you're eating enough and you're drinking enough water. And then yes, if you want to go for the rest of those fun items, the foam rolling, the massages, the, um, uh, uh, compression socks, compression boots, the cryotherapy, the whatever it is, that's also great. I'm not saying that, let me say, that. I'm not lumping in things like physical therapy or chiropractic or any sort of, um, medical interventions into recovery, because I don't necessarily think those are recovery tools. I think those are just supportive of your training. So if you're seeing a physical therapist, if you're seeing a chiropractor or you're seeing another professional who is helping you address imbalances or issues in your body, That's not what I would consider a recovery therapy in the same way that just getting a nice massage is. I hope you understand the difference between those two things. So, you know, I'm not saying that your physical therapy is a recovery tool. Your physical therapy is a physical therapy, and that's something completely different from your training uh, and your recovery. Now, recovering from your normal training load, like I said, will be slightly different for every person, depending on what you're trying to do. In general, a really good rule to follow is you should always have an easy day after a hard day. You should never go from a hard day to a hard day without an easy day in between. And what does this mean? This means that I don't want you to do two speed workouts in a row. I don't want you to do a speed workout in a long run, back to back, going from a a hard day with just a pure rest day. And then another hard day is also not optimal. You you should try to get an active day in between, whether that is a active recovery or an easy, regular, easy run day in between, because the benefits of getting that extra blood flow, getting that cleaning up the living room after the party is really, really beneficial for your next hard effort. It sets you up better for your next hard effort than if you were to just kind of leave the living room as it is and then invite some more people over. Now, somebody asked an interesting question the other day about when or if it's appropriate to ever do back to back hard efforts and just, yes. And actually though it proves why the rule is so important. The exception proves the rule in this case. In the vast majority of cases, especially when it comes to your training, you always want to follow a hard day with an easy day, whether it's a rest day or recovery day, easy run day, whatever it is. You never want to just go from hard day to hard day, hard day, rest day, hard day. You always want to have hard day, rest and or active recovery and or easy run day and then your hard day. But of course there are always going to be itty bitty, minute, tiny little, oh yeah, but in this one specific case. That is not what you'd want to do. And this is why if you are training for a multi-day or a multi-stage event, it might be beneficial for you to occasionally, and hopefully with the guidance of your coach, have a couple instances during your training plan where you do have back to back hard days. Depending on what that looks like, it depends on what your actual goal is. This is part of what the race specific training would be. Remember when you are training for a race, the closer you get to race day, the more specific your training will be for that actual race. So if you are training for a multi-day multi-stage event, whether that is a, uh, a weekend that contains multiple race distances, like 5k, 10k, half and full marathon over the course of a four day event. Or you're doing some sort of multi-stage event like a hood to coast or, you know, event where you're going to be running multiple days in a row. Um, And I'm I'm separating out ultra training specifically from this. This is talking about just normal multi-day events, not ultra marathon specific training events because you train for ultras differently. So yes, there may be situations in your training for those very specific events where it would be beneficial for you to have two very specific hard back-to-back days because it's simulating what your race experience might be like. But then of course, the most important thing to remember is that after you have those two back-to-back hard days to help create the, um, adaptations that you're trying to stimulate. You then want to have even more recovery than if you just had that one hard day. So it's always the balance of recovery for the training that you've done. You cannot train without having the recovery to back it up. So let's say you've gone through your training plan. It's gone spectacularly. You've found your balance. Everything's going great. You ran your race. Okay. Now what, how do you recover? from your race effort. How do you recover from running a all out half marathon or a full marathon? How do you recover from any race distance in general, the shorter, the race distance, the shorter your recovery time can be. So for a 5k you, depending on how hard you went, (laughs) depending on how much you laid it all out there on the actual race course, you might be completely fine with just a normal rest or active recovery days right following the, the race effort. So if you ran a 5k on a Sunday, you might have your normal rest or active recovery day on Monday, and then you're back to your easy run on Tuesday. And then let's say you're just back to doing your normal workout on Wednesday, whatever it is in general, a 5k is just the same as a really a hard workout that you are doing as part of your normal training. And of course this depends on your experience. If you've been training for a 5k specifically, if your weekly volume is fairly low and you are actively training for your first 5k or one of your first five K's, you might need to take a couple extra days, right? Cause that's just something, a very hard effort that you did learning to listen to your body. Having a little post-race soreness is normal, but learning to listen to your body after a race is very important in general, though for most five K's a couple days, and you should be back on your feet. Kind of like everything's great A 10 K depending on how hard you went. A 10 K can be really, really taxing, right? So you might need a couple extra days from an all out 10 K. So you have your race day, then you have your normal rest and act or active recovery day, easy run. You might not want to engage in another hard day until maybe Thursday or Friday of the next week, depending on how hard that 10 K was. And again, it depends on your volume, your experience. You may recover faster than that. You may need more recovery than that. And that's completely normal. Half marathon. How do you recover from a half marathon? This is when we start getting into the, it's going to take a couple weeks or a week or more to feel back to normal. So a half marathon is a serious distance. Generally the week after a half marathon, you want to take it really easy. And I definitely advocate for active recovery. And that can be something like a walk or a really easy low impact activity. But getting that blood flow into your muscles is really important to help you recover. It helps reduce inflammation. It helps you just recover faster. It helps uh, mitigate any of that muscle soreness that you feel after your run. It will help you feel better faster. But again, you have to keep that effort super low intensity and doesn't have to be a lot, 10, 20 minutes. The best thing I ever did after I ran my first marathon, I felt like death, (laughs) but I went for a mile and a half jog around my neighborhood and it wasn't even a jog. Like I was so beat up. It was like a shuffle. Like I could barely lift my feet off the ground. And I went so slow. Anybody who saw me, I'm sure thought that there was something wrong, but I swear that going on that super short, very, very easy movement activity. The day after really shortened my recovery time. It absolutely helped me recover from what was a really hard effort. So your half marathon, yes, we're talking about a week of reduced activity. Um, maybe there's no running. Maybe you don't run at all the week after a half marathon. Maybe it's just that low impact active recovery or other activities that you're doing. And then the following week, you can start getting back into more normal running. Again, you shouldn't be hopping back into a training plan. You shouldn't like run a half marathon. If your goal race was the half marathon, if that was the end of your training plan, then you want to recover like at the end of your training plan. You want to take some time in between training plans, have your nice reduced effort week, and then the second week after your race, start getting back into some running at a lower volume. Don't jump jump right back into where you were a couple of weeks before at your highest peak volume. And then figure out, you know, okay, what am I going to do from here? What do the next couple of weeks look like? When is my next training plan going to start? What are my goals going forward? That sort of thing. But for a half marathon, you know, don't have to run that first week. If you don't want to run for two weeks, that's also fine. You know, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on people to get back to running. Like they just ran a really great race, their goal race. Maybe it's the first time they've ever run that distance before. Maybe they set a great PR and all of a sudden people are thinking like, yeah, what are you going to do next? It's like, well, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything next. You can just be where you are. It's okay to take a week or two to recover from that half marathon and just enjoy your hard effort and give your body a rest. I know some people and maybe, you know, not this past year, but maybe you do a hard race and then maybe you go on vacation or maybe you just take some time for yourself and do something different. That's totally okay. So yes, the first week after your half marathon, seriously reduced effort. Maybe you don't run at all. Maybe it's just active recovery activities and then slowly ramping back up to what, a normal training load would be just in maintenance volume for the marathon. The marathon is like, you think, Oh, it's twice as long. I just need twice as, you know, two weeks to recover. Actually, they say that you need minimum of three weeks and maybe more to actually recover from the marathon. The marathon distance is uniquely challenging for your body. It is so far for most people to run at such a high relative intensity that we do a lot of damage to our bodies when we run a marathon, and that's actually part of why you cannot run a marathon to train for a marathon because the recovery time it requires is simply too great to to fit into a training plan. The recovery time you need to recover from a marathon. Is it doesn't work in a training plan? That's why you cannot run a marathon when you as marathon training. So, recovering from a marathon, and again, everybody's different, but yes, um, not running or doing seriously, seriously reduced training volume for one to three weeks after the race. There are some elites and other runners who take that time off, like they run their race. And they do some active recovery in the days afterwards, but they don't, they're not training. They're not running. Like they're just, that's it. They're taking a break for a couple weeks, maybe a month, maybe five or six weeks to let their bodies recover. So it's really important, especially after such a hard effort that you let your body recover properly. If you run a marathon, take a week off, And then start another marathon training plan. That's not enough time. That is not nearly enough time for recovery. You would be going into that new training plan on, um, in an unrecovered state and your training and everything will suffer for it. So it's really important that you allow your body to recover properly after the marathon, so couple weeks, minimum of seriously reduced training volume and intensity. Actually, yeah, please reduce your training intensity. Don't go run intervals, you know, two weeks after your marathon. It may feel like you're mostly recovered maybe one to two weeks afterwards, but you're not. Your body is still repairing itself. So a general guideline for the marathon is I'd say give yourself a two to four week window after the marathon where you are going to focus purely on just recovering taking it week by week, seeing how things go. The week after the marathon is either going to be no running or minimal running, all at a very, very easy pace, and then slowly building up from there. Now, for some people, they struggle with allowing themselves to properly recover from races because they cannot stand not running for that long. And I get it. Running is a really important part of all of our lives. If you find yourself in a anxious state where you feel compelled to run when you know that you shouldn't be, I think that's a really important thing to understand about your relationship with running because we want to do this because it's good for us, not because we get anxious or feel compelled to, or because we are antsy if we don't. I would also encourage you to find, to have an advance, a planned alternative to your running. If you know in advance of your marathon that you are going to have trouble not being active after your marathon, make a plan. Have your active recovery planned out. You may not be able to run in the days after your marathon because of the damage that's done to your body. And that's completely normal. So have an alternative. Have you know, are you going to be biking? Are you going to be walking? Are you going to be doing elliptical? Are you going to be whatever it is? Know what your, your alternatives are. If you get anxious, when you can't run, if you find yourself really uncomfortable, upset, unhappy, if you cannot run, then you need to make a plan to stay active, to mitigate that anxiety and I would also encourage you, if you find that that anxiety is interfering with your daily functioning, that might be something worth exploring with a mental health professional. I get it. Running is a huge part of my life. I run every day, but some days I run for one mile and I run very, very, very slowly. So there's a huge difference between running every day. Cause you are running every day and going for a run every day. I would never encourage anybody to run miles and miles and miles every single day. But sometimes there can be a time and a place for your brain and your body to get a very, very short, very easy mile or kilometer for my metric friends that will satisfy your need to have gotten your run in that day. There are many different ways. And again, we're all so different. That's one of the hardest things about trying to Ascribe these broad principles of how things go when we are, there's always an exception and we are all so different, but in general, that is what marathon half marathon 5k and 10 K recovery look like. And I always encourage you to listen to your body and to err on the side of caution. If you return too early, you can cause damage. If you are a little more cautious and maybe wait an extra day or a couple days or a week, that will only help you. It's okay to not get back to running right away. You just did a really cool thing. You ran a race and it was awesome and it was hard. And now you can take some time and I would encourage you to take some time. If only for your mental capacity, training for a race and then running the race itself is extremely mentally draining. And not only do our bodies need a break, our minds need a break too. If you've been struggling with low motivation or symptoms of burnout, when it comes to running, then take a break. You don't have to get back to running right away. Running will always be here for you. So if you are thinking to yourself, gee, I really should go for a run but I don't really feel like it. And I just finished this big race. It's okay. Give it a couple days. Wait until you want to go for a run and then go for a run. Don't force it. If you run enough, when you don't want to run, if you force yourself to run through long periods of burnout and low motivation. One, those could be signs and symptoms of overreaching or overtraining, which are very serious physical conditions, which can cause damage. But two, you may grow to associate running with a negative experience. Why would you want to encourage yourself to think of running as a negative experience? If you are not enjoying running right now, don't go for a run. And that can be, and this is... uh, During a training plan. That's another thing. We all go through periods of low motivation. If you're struggling with low motivation for longer than a week, definitely talk to your coach because that's not normal. But after a race, if you don't want to run, that's fine. Take some time. You deserve it. You should do the thing that feels right for your body. So broadly that is recovery. That is how rest recovery works. The things you should do to help yourself recover how you should balance your training and your recovery and how you would recover from those hard races. So I hope you learned something valuable. Like I said, there it's always better to err on the side of caution. When it comes to rest and recovery, you can't over rest, but you can over train. So for each of us, it's very important to find that balance of training and recovery, understanding that it's not just about the training itself, but the the stress And the intensity that the rest of our lives have also impact our ability to recover or how much recovery that we need. And I think that can be a really hard thing for people to figure out is that they think, well, gee, I'm not running as much as I should. Why do I feel so beat up all the time? It's because you might have other stuff in your life going on that requires more recovery than you would otherwise need. So just to keep it interesting, it might always be changing. (laughs) for you, but recovery is super important. I encourage you, if nothing else, to make sure you're getting enough sleep and that you're eating enough. Those are your two best recovery tools. They will help paper over all the cracks. They will help support all the things that you're trying to do with your training, and they will just make you a healthier and happier person at the end of the day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can always find me on Instagram at runningexplained or at my website, runningexplained.co. If you have a question you'd like to have answered, you can submit it in my stories every Monday or email me at elizabeth at runningexplained.co. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H at runningexplained.co. Until next time, happy running. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition.